I would like to start with just saying thank you to our TCC family for for the gift of that sabbatical, I guess I would call it that, for allowing us to go on it and that, that time off from that role of lead pastor. And um, there is, um, from the responsibilities and the weight of ministry in that role, uh, and you definitely stepped up to the plate. We saw that. We were watching. We weren't in here physically, but it's like those that are watching this morning or whenever you watch it. I know we didn't always always watch Sunday mornings, but <clears throat> uh, we could see. And such, I was so encouraged and so blessed by it by this church body and how you stepped up. Pastor Dean told me that too. And I want to thank Pastor Dean. He's, I said in a good way, you are highly seasoned. And he's, you know, pastor churches, started churches, and he he did so well. But uh, you stepped up, he said. And I I saw it too. And the teachings that came forth, Sundays, Wednesdays, but also the blessed lifetimes, just so good. I was talking with Pastor Larry Dorman a few weeks ago as I was nearing the end of the sabbatical. And he says, were you able to find people for all those weeks? I almost chuckled because I thought we had more folks even that could have helped out, you know, that could have done well in bringing the word and teaching the word. Um, but it, it didn't surprise me. You know, as we mentioned just before we left, um, Dane was leading us in that song that Becky, his wife, had suggested about we're not just going to survive, we're going to thrive. And that's how we saw it when we were gone, that it would be that way. Um, every believer a minister the theme that we've had over the years, and we can see that you are ministers. Thanks to Pastor Dean, elders, deacons too. Um, It was so good, but also I think of those in the audiovisual areas. uh, We couldn't do the things that we're doing without them. It just wouldn't work. And um, so I'm just very encouraged, very pleased with what I saw, uh, there's a scripture that I came across that Paul shared with the Philippians, but I, I feel at least most of this seems to link with what I'm trying to say now. And Paul said here, and this is from the Message Bible, every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. And I'm sorry I didn't get this to you guys. See, that's the thing. A lot of times when things happen up here, it's not because of those guys back there. It's because of things that we maybe didn't do. But every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on in this with us. 
believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you have something at this point? If you don't. Well, I, I, my next thing on here is Joyce. Okay. <laughs> so. I see it. <laughs> so, uh, um, as we are looking, we have so much to share because it covers three months. And um, I had had the thought, well, why don't we just take, try and take one month at a time for each of the next three services? I'm not sure that's going to work <laughs> today. But as I went back in my journal, I had some scriptures that were highlighted to me at the very beginning of the sabbatical time. And this was something that was so important to me. The, the gift of three months of time. I wanted to stay strong in the word, led by the spirit, strong in prayer, in spite of kind of an, I'd say a very unusual summer. I mean, we're used to four weeks of summer vacation, and this was more. And I just, my personal testimony is the Lord was so real to me. My morning quiet times, my journaling, um, the scriptures he would give me, uh, just precious. And what I learned to do was when there was a key scripture that just, you know how you can read, but then you can have a phrase in what you read or a verse that just, ooh, this is good. I'd lay my open Bible on our kitchen counter. I did this the whole time, each day open to the nugget because otherwise I'd forget it. You ever have that? How wonderful a nugget is, but then the day's going on, like, what was that nugget? What was that? And so when I walked past the counter, I'd see that. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm meditating on today. Well, way at the beginning of it, it was Isaiah 30, verse 15. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. The Message Bible says, your strength will come from settling down, resting in complete dependence on me. And that's what I want to minister to you right now today, that phrase. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your strength daily comes from settling down in complete dependence on him. And... Um, he was definitely pointing out to me the thing of rest. I needed to learn how to rest during this sabbatical. And um, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12, 
this is another one he gave me way early on. With stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing or rest. Minister that Holy Spirit, we ask you by your spirit to each one here that rest. But while I was studying that, I was listening to teachings on an ongoing basis by Joseph Prince on the utter importance of praying in tongues in the spirit. Just that being a daily part of who you are. And um, I took notes on it, but I have just a few little nuggets I want to share from his teaching. Referring to this verse, he says, stammering lips in the Hebrew, when we pray in tongues, and we did it this morning, we did all of this, it mocks the enemy. When we pray in tongues, it holds the enemy in derision. When we pray in tongues, it scorns the enemy and laughs at him. We did that this morning corporately. That was something when I started the sabbatical. I would, the Holy Spirit was teaching me those times. I've always been in a place, well, for many, many years of standing in the gap for others or situations, whether it's here, family, whether it's state, around the world. And so during sabbatical, I was doing that. But to do it this morning corporately with you, this is the body of Christ. I praise the Lord for that. During the same time, Steve began, he discovered uh, Pastor George and Terry Pearson's teaching on the importance of praying in the spirit. And he's the one that alerted me to that. So sometimes at supper, we'd put on, you know, part of their teaching, and then we'd continue it at a different time. And there was one part of one verse that the Holy Spirit, as they were teaching, he taught me what I didn't ever see before because of what they taught. The phrase from 1 Corinthians 14, 17, you indeed give thanks well. And it's referring to praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. And the revelation just came to me it's like we can use that when the Holy Spirit moves in us. We can pray for situations we know not of. We can pray for situations like we did this morning where they were named. But we don't know all those details. And we can pray with our understanding. We can pray in the Spirit. But this verse says there's times when your tongues, your prayer language is not for that reason. It's to give thanks well to the Father. 
I just love them. We did it this morning. We did both of these. And so that was just a revelation that. And the rest, too. Like that scripture yes. there. Yes. Did you read that one already? Yeah. This is the rest wherewith we call the weary to rest. And Paul referred to that when he was speaking about the prayer language. And when we speak in that unknown tongue, the prayer language, um, we're speaking mysteries. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, but there are mysteries not to God. But the, they're the kind of mystery that as we pray them forth, as we pray them forth, they come forth. I even have the sense, I know that I can prove it scripturally, but like in my prayer time at night, I pray in the Spirit, and I've had this sense for a long time now, that as I pray for the congregation, you know, for the our family and so forth for the next 24 hours that the, the angels gather around there and they're sent forth as I'm praying and I pray most of it in the spirit because most of it I don't know what to pray in apparently I mean in English um, it's such a valuable thing maybe it seems strange that this would be the thing that we'd be talking about on the Sunday that we get back. There's so many things I suppose we could talk about, but that, that's just what it is. That's what, part of what the Lord has put there, and it, it's a rest. It brings a rest. You know, the thing is, and this, this had to do with something else, but I'll just read it right now. We believe God's, with a situation in your life, maybe a current thing that's going on, and you just don't know the answer to it. You don't know how it's going to unfold. But you so desire for it to, either for yourself or your children or your workplace or whatever it is. But it's this, we believe God's going to work it out, but we don't need to figure it out in our head. All things are possible to those who figure it out. Is that what the Bible says? Does it? No. It says all things are possible to those who believe. believe. And it comes back to that trust factor. And that's trust. You probably could almost put an equation there, an equal mark for how much you are trusting God equals the rest that you're in. Trusting and obeying. Trusting and obeying. Equals rest. You see, that's like the children of Israel. God was very displeased with them because they weren't trusting and obeying. And that's why they didn't enter into the rest. That's why they didn't enter into the rest. There's that scripture. I don't know if we got this one on the screen. I just got this this morning, but... But um, this is Hebrews 4, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. There remains therefore a rest for Carla or Shirley or Sue, Janet. There's a rest. The men Janet. also. 
for now we're just going to Tim and Larry. There's a rest. And it's a rest that goes all the way from the spirit and then all the way out to the soul and then to the physical body. There's a rest for you, Zach. There's a rest. And it starts all the way in here and then works its way out. There remains, therefore, a rest. It's like a Sabbath rest. Like we talk about sabbatical. Well, this is like a Sabbath rest. But this is not just once every seven days or seven years or whatever. This is one that is permanent. For the people of God, for he who has entered his rest, his, capital H-I-S, God's rest, that's where we want to be. Even if it's in the middle of the storm. I don't know if it's next week or the next week we'll be talking about a hailstorm unlike I have ever been in before, but we experienced it. But maybe you're experiencing a storm in your life now. The thing is that God has a place. It's that secret place right in the middle of that hurricane. And that's the place he would have us to abide. Right in the middle of the storm, and we don't know how we're going to get out, but we can abide in there. We can live in there. We can rest in there, right in the eye of that hurricane. And that's where he would have you to walk. For he, has, he who has entered God's rest has himself also, listen to this, ceased from his works as God did from his. And that often includes trying to figure it out in our own strength. God, in his timing, waiting for God, like Pastor Dean talked about last week, waiting for his timing, mm-hmm. then we'll see it. It'll, the light will be there for you. Mm-hmm. In knowing to do, maybe it's with your parents. I mean, elderly parents, or maybe it's kids, or whatever the situations are. There's lots of situations, aren't there, in life. But he helps us with all of those. And, and the thing is, it's his rest. His rest. And the thing of being founded and grounded in the Word, the Word of God. Because that'll divide off all the things of deception. There's a lot of deception in the world today. In this country, there's a lot of deception. But this is what will bring the light on. The truth is what takes off the binders and the blinders. Mm -hmm. It will. And so we need to be grounded in the Word. The very next verse says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest any fall according to the same example of disobedience. Okay, that's like the children of Israel. But then the next verse is what I was thinking of. For the Word of God is living living 
powerful, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the Word of God. And when we speak it, it becomes like a sword. That's the rhema word. One of the translations in the New Testament of the word word is rhema. When it speaks of God's word, it's rhema word. And that's a, a word that we have received and gotten in our spirit and then we speak it forth. There's a sword in your mouth. There's a sword in your mouth. <clears throat> Excuse me. I sang so loud. <laughs> My voice is, I haven't done this for a while. You got something there. Yeah, so thank you, Lord. Uh, so obviously what I shared, too, it wasn't an in-depth teaching. I do encourage you to just read those different chapters, including 1 Corinthians 14. It's wonderful. So I'll just, it's like, well, what did you do? I'm going to just take the first month. Well, it was a good summer to be by the lake. We've lived on the South Shore at Gall Lake for 44, 43 years. 44? 44 years. 44. And you all know it was a hot one. So um, we would either sit down by the lake, we'd cook different meals down there. When it got too hot, um, even the seven grandchildren wouldn't swim. That's when uh, there was these other activities, tubing, skiing, lily padding. You'll have to Google it if you don't know what that is, and paddle boarding, there's more. We didn't do any of them. We watched from our deck, our lake deck. Um, Grandkids at a high ho time with Andy and Jennifer, Andy driving his boat. Uh, we had day trips that we took different places with our grandkids. Every Thursday, traditionally, for many years in the summer, we have the seven grandkids at our home. Uh, that day, while the parents are working, the other first three days of the week, they have wonderful Grandma Debbie and Grandma Paula that have them in their care. But we are very privileged to have those kids come uh, to our place on that day. One day, with Sarah's help, we took a day trip to Lake Itasca State Park. Um, we've just done different things with them. Lots, Steve, I heard someone asked Steve about it, so he said, we were home a lot. We were. Uh, when the grandkids were there, well, all summer long, our front yard is a playground. There are soccer nets set up. There's baseball bases set up. There's bats, there's balls, because they played ball with tennis balls. That's what they're using, right? We didn't want any broken windows. Um, the grandkids play in our front yard, play kickball, 
tail tag, laser tag, oh my, all kinds of stuff. And this is how they do it. Joy has always been, for many years, the babysitter. I mean, she's the oldest, 15 years old. It goes down to Clementine at seven. But she came up with a system. Every child will get to pick what they want everyone to play together. And um, it's timed, one half hour. Literally, the phone is set for 30 minutes for each activity. So the kids, and it's rotating. If they only get to do four of the kids' games on a Thursday, it starts with the next one in line the next Thursday. Let me tell you, it works, because it's fair. Otherwise, they'd be playing ball all the time, because we have some grandsons who love ball. Um, another thing that we did was our oldest grandson, Emerson, 13 years old, for the first time was a part of baseball league, you call it, Tuesday and Thursday nights in Bemidji. So um, that was an opportunity to watch him play. Uh, some of the family never missed a game, including, I think, Grandpa Dan and Grandma Paula. Um, each of those times, also, his grandparents, his great-grandparents would be at the game, uh, Art and Marilyn Glidden, because they also had a grandson. Emerson's their great-grandson. They had a grandson playing. We took day trips that first month. Can you tell them why we went to Walker twice? My drilling motor wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the warrant, or that was the place I needed to bring it for the warranty to be okay right. for the guy that fixed it. Right. So uh, I don't know how it all worked, but Sarah found out there was something by Pine River she wanted their family to travel with us to, to go to, what was that? Junkathon or something? Junkathon. Junkathon. It was called a Junkathon flea market. 40 acres of farm flea market. 40 acres of junk. Mostly metal, metal yeah. things like plows. From and farms. Dairy, hog, chickens. I walked through there, the memories. I could see, all, oh, that's the feeder, that's the, that's the milker. But it was junk. But Sarah found some treasures yeah. <laughs> there. She likes old things. She knows how to make them look right at her home. So that's what we did one day. And then Joy and Elsie were in the back seat. We rolled through the Chippewa National Forest, saw the huge Leech Lake. So we're talking about simplicity. We, there were times Steve and I would just do back roads driving, roads we had not been on for how long? Ever. Ever. Yeah, some of them were new ones. And the very beginning of the sabbatical, I wrote down gardening. So what do you want to say about that? He's the vegetable gardener. I'm the flower. Some uh, 
tomatoes that we had gotten from Debbie that she had started. That's Jen's mom. And uh, I can't remember the exact circumstance. We were going to wait a while to plant them, but Penny came over and says, it's time to plant the tomatoes. And so that's what we did. We planted the tomatoes and I think she gets that from her grandma, Paula, and great-grandma. It's been a challenging summer for gardens with all the watering, but I think we had a break there now with the rains, and we've been praying for rain. I thought especially of our ranchers, farmers, you you know, that have cattle and so forth, need to feed them, and and, uh, we are believing for the Lord's provision for them, too. Absolutely. Yes. So I have a note with the gardening. He remembered um, Penny helping plant uh, his different garden plants. This is what I wrote. Usually I have an enjoy journal. On a day I try and pick out, oh, I enjoyed that, enjoyed seeing that. Well, I did have a few things where I put, I did not enjoy this, but I still did it. So this is one from May 22. I put uh, Joy and Elsie initiated a big, dirty, stinky work project. Early in the morning, Joy drove over a full load of their rabbit straw manure, which they had loaded up themselves and then proceeded to help us carefully put around each of Steve's garden plants. It reminded me of my days on the farm loading up chicken, hog, cow, and steer manure. And it smelled like it too by our house because his raised bed garden is right by our front door. But it was good. It helped your garden grow. So that's just some of the things that we did. Yes, and... I'm going to finish with a few more scriptures on rest, but before I do that, I say, it seems so right to be with your church family on Sunday morning. I can't, I don't know if I can exactly explain explain it, but it just, this is, this is a family. This is our family, our church family. And, uh, <clears throat> it's, you know, it was okay. We knew it was sabbatical and we weren't going to be here for those weeks. We we did go to a, some other churches, particularly we went to, I don't know if we'll be talking about that later, yeah, I guess, yes. next week, I guess. But just being here just seems right. Uh, the other way, it's like trying to take a bath with your socks on or something. You know, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> Have you ever done that? <laughs> no. Uh, but this f- feels like taking the bath with my socks on up, I guess. That's quite the analogy, I guess. But, but I would encourage, I know there's some that haven't, even since COVID, you haven't been back yet. But, and maybe you've gotten to the point where you wonder if you ever will be able to come back or will come back. I would really encourage you to. You know, these folks that are here, would so, we would so love to see you. And uh, uh, you'll know it when you're here. And if this is your home, 
this is your home church, you'll, know, you'll just know it too. Um, <clears throat> but just in closing here, this thing of rest. Okay, we've been on a Sabbath and you think of rest. But there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 11. Uh, and it's starting with verse 28. You're probably familiar with it. It says, Come to me, all you who... And this is Jesus talking. And he was speaking to them, of course, a few thousand years ago. But you know what? He's speaking this to you this morning. He says, Come to me, and you put your name in there, and all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, Jesus said, upon you, and learn from me. <clears throat> learn from me. That indicates to me that Jesus walked in rest in the midst of whatever was coming against him and in the midst of his work, the work that he did. Or then he says, for I am gentle. Uh, my side margin there says meek and lowly in heart. And there some translations say humble. And a part of that is the thing of what we talked about earlier. Sometimes when we have responsibilities, we think that we have to figure it all out with our minds. The thing is, we have the God of the universe. That God that Dan Woodward and, and Pastor Dean talked about. And if you haven't seen that Wednesday touch point, you should about the God that formed the universe and the vastness of it. We have that God dwelling within us to help guide us and direct us. But we have to humble our hearts to that and not think that we got to figure this all out. I'm talking to us today, all of us. All of us. You don't have to figure that out, how it's going to work. What you need to do is believe and you need to trust and then you'll be in rest. Then you will be in rest. God doesn't want you to be out of rest. If you're out of rest, it's an indicator of something. That you aren't in that trust place, that believing place enough. And that comes again back to the Word. Looking to the Word, having that be your meditation. But then he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that word souls, I often think of our mind, our emotions. And Jesus said, for my yoke is easy. I've been hearing that word easy peasy a lot lately. I'm not sure where that came from. Have you heard that too? I'm not sure if I would include it that way exactly, but it's easy. I mean, and what that means is it's useful, pleasant, good, comfortable, suitable, serviceable. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if we're into things where we're not experiencing that, and we just seem overwhelmed and it's too heavy, 
We're probably doing things that God hasn't told us to do. And we need to look to him for what things can be simplified. Or other people that are there waiting in the wings to do something. Very important. And then one closing scripture I just got. This Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And dear God, I ask for each person here this morning that we might receive these words as rhema words. We speak them and pray them over Kaylee-Ann, Peter and Linnea, Stephan, Josiah and Mandy and others that may be going out for seasons. We speak them for over everyone that we may receive these words and walk in your rest, whatever we're doing. And that if there are things in that yoke that we've taken that aren't ours, that we would be alerted to it, that we would see it, but that we would be humble enough and meek enough to say, I, I'm not supposed to do this or I can't, I can't do this. This isn't my part. But then also receiving, oftentimes we know, Lord, that'll open the door for something that maybe we even haven't been doing that is we are supposed to do. And so we receive that from you in the name of Jesus today. And we give you thanks for it, Lord. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. And I do have a few announcements here. The live stream will be this Wednesday again. Joyce and I will be talking about sabbatical there too some more. And then the youth group meets, I believe, this coming Wednesday or not this Wednesday? I'm not sure about that. I think it is yet this Wednesday. And then the Kairos gathering this Wednesday. There will be a memorial service for Ken Reynolds. Some of you remember Ken, special man. A memorial service for him this Saturday right here at 2 p.m. Visitation, 1 o'clock. I will be officiating that. that. For tithes and offerings, we can give them in the boxes that are in the back here. Um, and if you want to mail yours in, it's post office box 67, Tinstrike, Minnesota, 56683, or online on our website. And then we also have, uh, today, to let you know, we're going to, have a meal that Adon and Maria have prepared for us. We're always looking forward to that. I heard there was a great meal last week. Spaghetti. That Kent and Chantel and their family that made. I wish we would have been here for that one. Um, but then also on September 12, Sunday, there's going to be a fish fry and pot blessing. 
And if you have fish that would be prepared to serve, um, in other words, bones out, I guess is what that means. If you get him here for sure by the 12th, you know, get him here by that day. If you have any questions, call Carla Mandrell at 766-1492. 766-1492. I see Joshua sitting in the front seat where he normally doesn't sit. <laughs> and I'm thinking that maybe that means something. He's trying to tell me something or get across. Did you have something to say? Yeah. There you go, Joshua. So I also got an announcement. On, on August 26th, I believe that is Thursday, we are doing a tent meeting. It is, we're starting with 24 hours of prayer and worship. We're going all through the night. And I believe I have eight bands lined up right now, but through some of the night hours, we'll play worship music or something. But come on down and it goes all the way until um, the 27th is a 24-hour worship, but then after that, we're just gonna do like a burn, we're calling it. It's called Ignite the Fire. And we're just going and probably a lot of worship, it's really like, honestly, just encountering Jesus. It's gonna be a lot of worship, maybe some preaching, some message. I'm, we're actually not even sure. We're just gonna see how the Spirit leads. But it's in Cass Lake. Um, across from the prayer house. If you need address, let me know, or go on Facebook, Ignite the Fire, and there's a group. I believe it's listed as an event, but we're making sure people know that it's not an event. We want to just have people come and encounter Jesus, and not just like an event, okay, we're doing this, and then it's over, but we want to keep that fire burning, even in this region, and I'm partnered with, I, I don't know, there's quite a few different leaders around this region that have kind of a similar heart um, for just this region and this nation. It's kind of cool that it's in Cass Lake too, right on one of the reservations. So it's gonna be really cool. So come down August 26th, we're starting the 24 hour worship all the way to the 27th. And then after that, we're gonna probably have more worship, prayer, there will be meals at five o'clock every night. And so, except for the 26th, they'll start that off on the 27th with a meal, I think at five. But yeah, mark your calendars, let me know. Look on Facebook, I think that's it. All right, thank you, Joshua. And uh, Joyce and I will be up here for a while for prayer. You have something you would like prayer about, uh, Tim? If you could talk to Doug right away after the service, he's going to show you something or talk to you about something. And then Donna Maria, we're going to be over there too in just a little bit. So, um, and their team that are helping them prepare. Yes. Hallelujah. And let's say that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah.